Hello and welcome to another episode of the Punt Return Podcast, week 16. We're nearly at the end of the regular season and I'll introduce my co-host in a minute. But week 15, just the horrendous bad beats slash amazing wins, depending on what side you're on, for gamblers on the weekend. The Philly-Washington spread, if you took Washington... Uh, at every point in that game, you were on the right side. You did everything right, and you lose that. That is one of the worst beats I've ever seen until the Atlanta-San Fran total. If you're on the under with five seconds to go, you've got nine points or whatever it is. You, you can take an Atlanta score, and then for that to be returned uh, off the kickoff after those all those laterals for another one, that, that's probably the worst one I've ever seen. Uh, Nick, welcome. And is that the worst one you've ever seen? Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, you don't often see that type of you know, last-second touchdown play on, on defense. We had it twice on the weekend, and it was it was amazing football, really. But, yeah, yeah tough, tough beats for some punters. Yeah, and James, uh, were you on any of those? Um, and is that the worst one you've ever seen? Uh, it was. It, there's been a couple. I think back to that Arizona San Francisco game. Yeah, that was sim- <laughs> similar one. Yeah, this was a really annoying week. Like a lot went right from a sort of forecasting point of view. But um, Jets, I, I, I teased the Jets out, and they lost by half a point. I yeah. teased the Bears out. They lost by half a point. So those well, uh, they nearly they nearly had the freak lateral as well. If uh, Horstead, their their tight yeah, end lateral it to Allen Robinson, it would have been one of the all time great covers. So, and, and, and mind you, like the Carolina Panthers cover as well was quite ridiculous. Yeah. They were down by about twenty in the fourth quarter and ended up getting yeah. covering or at least pushing. Yeah. So yeah, some crazy ATS results in the week. Yeah. Um. So there were three just mind blowing results, and then. Speaking of three, three Sunday games this week. So no Thursday night football. So get all your Christmas shopping done tomorrow on Friday. We've got three Sunday games this week. They're all meaningful as well. Like it's just, it's just great for, for Australians to have sort of NFL Sundays for, for once or twice a year. Um, so it is, it's really amazing. So, you know, enjoy that Sunday. Um, we're looking forward to it. And, uh, any final thoughts, uh, from, from you guys before we get into week 15 results? Oh, uh, look, uh, just a quick one from me. I, th- I think, you know, we've been talking all year. We've had some really great feedback about the podcast in its kind of new format after last season. Um, if you do want us to, to keep going for next year, start, you know, let us know. Get on Twitter, get on Facebook, Stats Insider, uh, leave some iTunes reviews. We, we have to start planning for, for next season soon. We're, we're nearly yep. at the end of this year. So, uh, get on board if you want us to come back and uh, leave us some reviews. Yeah, definitely agree there. And you know, we're not we're not touts, or we're not paying for picks or anything like that. We're you know charging people for picks like you know some frauds out there like Vegas Dave or whatever. You know, we're <laughs> we're just talking about football and applying some stats and and a little bit of narrative here and there. Like obviously the narrative about Oakland last week was was a horrendous one, but you know, like. It, it's just we're just talking about games and the results have just been a, sort of a cherry on top for us um, in terms of you know the results this year have been especially good across the board. So um, I think it's definitely meaningful for people to listen and 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 share the love around and spread it and tell your mates about it. And because the more we get, the better um, this show will get. Because I think we've had a really great seasons. Um, we've really built on last season's format with Daz, and and I think it's uh, you know the show's been great this season, boys. So. Um, kudos to you. And uh, speaking of results, week 15, we'll start on a sour note. No good in the lock of the week. Uh, the Tennessee-Houston game, that should have had about 60 points. There was about a bazillion red zone turnovers, um, That especially one that resulted in Tennessee not scoring, and then it, it was like a 14-point turnover. Um, so that was you know not as bad as the Atlanta San Fran, but you know it wasn't it wasn't the best result. Ten five and one now for uh for the long shots uh, for the lock of the weeks um, this season. But long shots, Nick, you continue your golden run. Yeah, it's been a good year. It's been a good year. I had a couple of down weeks where where I whiffed on a couple, but um, 
yeah, Chris Carson, as I said, kind of forecasting to have a, have a big game. He did 110 plus rushing yards at two dollars seventy five was uh, was very handy. Yes. Especially given the, the week that I had one and two uh, on the best bets. Yeah, and certain uh, certain bookmaker down here had Chris Carson for 120 plus rushing yards at the uh, 550. So that was a uh, that was a good week, a good a good result after the horrendous week previously on my player props. So uh, that's great. Uh, I didn't go good on long shots, but we've come to expect that. Um, best bets three and one for me. Um, I doubled down on Buffalo plus one and a half Buffalo money line. So that was big. Thanks to the Bills. Um, you know, just some Josh love. From one Josh to another. Thanks, Josh Allen. Uh, Minnesota Chargers overs as well. Uh, Nick, I know you followed me in on that one. Um, that was a uh, that was a good result. Yeah, talk me into it. Talk me into it. So I'm happy with that. Yep. But yeah. you, you should take some credit. You did. You did talk about uh, Darius Slayton to score for the Giants, and and he got up. So, so you know, it hasn't been all all bad for you. Yeah, true. It wasn't too bad. Um, but the best the best punter last week. Um, was James. I feel, I feel like he needs to be called Rocks or Diamonds James because, um, every week when he does decide to do some weekly bets, it's either 3 0 or 0 3, it feels like. Which is why I stick to the futures. <laughs> well, but very quietly, you're having a decent season on the best bets, on the, the, the game bets. It's, yeah. I'm pretty happy with what you've done the last, like, six or eight weeks. It's frustrating because those were, I liked those three last week a lot and I just didn't have the profits to show for it. And that's really frustrating. Like your epic run earlier in the year, Nick, in terms terms of when when you don't have the record to show for it in, in the books, mm. in, in, in the wallet rather, that's when it gets really frustrating. So <laughs> as good as those were, didn't, didn't play them. So uh-huh. disappointing. Oh, well. That's okay. Yeah. Um, other takeaways from week 15 that aren't uh, results related or, or gambling related. Um, my biggest takeaway from week 15 is just how much fantasy football sucks. I hate it. I, it's heartbreaking, I, I absolutely hate it. Every year I'm like, I'm never doing, I'm not doing it. And then I get texts from mates like, oh, join this league, join this league. And because you have a podcast or whatever, like the pressure's on, no one wants to trade with you. You just like, you, you just cop so much crap. And I just, I'm over it. I think I'm done with it. I'm going to uh, maybe just focus on DFS next season 100%. <laughs> but I'm just, um, I'm completely over fantasy football. Um, I'm done with it. It's, it's, it's completely broken me. I believe it's the antichrist of sport. <laughs> Nick, can I just jump in at that point and shout out to Rudy if you're listening? <laughs> um, yeah, Rudy, yeah, yeah, well done, mate. My uh, serious takeaway, though, is the defensive player of the year race is uh, is really fun. Um, I think maybe Stefan Gilmore has pretty much locked it up, but yeah. TJ Watt had a great game. Daniil Hunter, yeah. who James tipped up at 34 bucks, I think, back in like week three, I think he's up there as well. Obviously, Nick Bosa had a great month that kind of catapulted him into that conversation. It's just a real tight race. Aaron Donald is always there about just because he's just quadrupled teamed every single week and still makes plays. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Stefan Gilmore has locked it down. I, I don't know. Maybe if TJ Watt can have a, have a massive game, it'd be pretty cool for a, a family to have two defensive player of the year awards. That would just be really fascinating, I guess. Also cool that the defensive back wins it as well. Like that doesn't happen very often. So yeah, he's, in terms of Gilmore. Yeah. He's had a, he's had a, yeah. uh, yeah, he's living, he lived inside Andy Dalton's head last week. So yeah. Uh, Nick, what, looks like, he looks like he's having so much fun as well at the same time. Just, I mean, just like JJ, just looks yeah. like he's loving every minute out there. Yeah, and a it's shout good. out to Dallas fans. You know, you guys, um, Taco Charlton, who's not even on your team anymore, you took him over TJ Watt, well done, um, to the Cowboys and, and the Clapper um, there and Jason Garrett. Anyway, Nick, uh, what's your biggest takeaway from Week 15? Oh, I agree with you about fantasy football. I'm going to come third and second in, in my two major leagues this season and it's, uh, it's just heartbreaking after all the effort and, and time you spend on it. 
to uh, to build a really good roster and, and you win every week and then to not win it is just uh, is heartbreaking. Yeah. But what else is, is heartbreaking is is you know Josh Gordon. How, how does this how does this keep happening? Um, I think like a lot of NFL fans, I was really looking forward to seeing Josh Gordon back out in the field this year and, and really being a stable kind of presence for one team. Um, he hasn't really done that at all. He hasn't been a stable presence for one or two or three teams. So, you know, for, for this to, to happen again, uh, I think that's probably it for Josh Gordon. I, I can't see him coming back from this one and, and playing again in the NFL. I feel, uh, you guys, I feel sorry for him, actually. Like, I generally feel – I think addiction is, is you know, it's – it's hard, man. It's so hard. Like I, I, I don't, oh, know. I don't have, I don't have, I don't have an addiction, but I know people that have suffered not drug addictions, but other addictions, and it, it's just so hard. Like you just, you just have the tiniest relapse, and it just can, it can just, yeah. Especially in this, if Josh Gordon entered the league in ten years, like he would have had half the suspensions years because marijuana will eventually be legal and all that sort of stuff. So I feel like he's been a little bit hard done by by the NFL at times, but also you know it is just hard with that addiction. It is hard, and and I completely agree with you on on addiction. It is it is very difficult. Um, at the end of the day, they're, they're the rules, I guess, and it's just exactly. it is tough luck sometimes. Um, the other the other thing, and on a, on a bright note, Drew Brees, he now leaves the NFL in career yardage and touchdown passes. It, surely he has to be in the greatest of all time conversation up there with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I know he doesn't have the rings; he's got one. Uh, but you know, if potentially wins wins another one this season. Even if he doesn't, the fact that he leads in both those categories, I think, is, is pretty incredible. How many MVPs has he got? Zero. Yep. Come on, mate. Yep. Peyton Manning's got five. Peyton's got four Super Bowl appearances, two rings. Only quarterback to win two rings with two different teams. Took four different head coaches to a Super Bowl. It's 14 times All-Pro. Drew Brees is only one. Also took uh, Peyton less games and pass attempts to get those both those records, so... <laughs> I mean, I like Breeze. I think Breeze. I, I honestly, if Breeze played with like Belichick for his career, he'd have like five or six rings easily. Um, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying he's number one. Yeah, I, I definitely. Also, he's but, on my. He's he on my be, Mount Rushmore. Be in that conversation, at least in terms of the the quality of player that he is, then he he has to be in that in that conversation. Yeah, he's on my Mount Rushmore. I don't know if where he sits yeah. for James. Oh, I've got that sort of annoying sort of. Uh, uh, Greatness is a broad church, so I think I think there's room for all of these guys, and we should appreciate their like sublime brilliance. Making the distinctions really, I, I love Breeze. I, I really I like him as a person as well. I think he's a really cool dude. <laughs> um, uh, and and how can you deny Brady six 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 MVPs and and uh, uh, six Super Bowls? And and Manning was just stunning, and despite being pretty unconventional as well. Um, yeah, yeah, three greats, just yeah. superb players. In terms of like per centimeter, Breeze is up there. Like in terms of like <laughs> the like seriously, that to be that good at that height as well. Like, I know people overrate the height, and we joke about like oh Russell, yeah, Will, I mean, but like it's a clear disadvantage to be like that tiny. Like when you Cam Newton, you can just run over people, and and when you can when you Peyton or Rogers, and you can kind of have time and see of alignment. Like Breeze is for his size and to play in the league for so long, it still be doing it at his age. Like it is pretty, it is pretty nuts. The, I think his his just his pure skill is unbelievable. I've probably preferred to watch him as a as a, as, a, as a player than the other two. Like I think he's quite sort of elegant the way he plays, mm. the way he moves. It's like a ballerina. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, exactly. That's well well put. Yeah, that that's that's for me. I thought that was just great to see on on the weekend. Mm. Yeah. Um, and James, what's your last? Uh, what's your takeaway from week fifteen? My takeaway is that now every NFC contender has a really ugly loss on its resume. So New Orleans and San Francisco both have lost to Atlanta. Green Bay lost to the Chargers. Minnesota lost to the Bears. 
Now, point differential notwithstanding, Seattle might actually have the best resume of all in the NFC. They've got their losses are to Baltimore and the New Orleans Saints, obviously two very elite teams, and the Rams, which was on the road and off short rest. So this 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 NFC fight is wide open. Like we've got three or four or five really, really, really good teams, any one of which can still be in the Super Bowl. So mm. this is brilliant. An absolutely brilliant fight there. Mm. It is. I, I think people are sleeping on Minnesota a lot. I know Kirk Cousins stat Primetime stats, I'll get to that later on, aren't great, but I don't know. I feel like the last six weeks has been pretty good. Oh, also, but the only thing, I guess we'll get into this in the Minnesota section, the Dalvin Cook injury really concerns me, though. Like, it really does. It's mm. the breakdown of the sort of a wrong time of the year yep. for Minnesota. Running backs don't matter, though. <laughs> no, no. I'm kidding, no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> and I'll bring that up later with yeah. Cousins in terms of play action as well. Like, yep. that's very reliant. His numbers very much speak to play action. Mm. So that could play into it. Yep. I was just trying to uh, bait you on analytics chat, but uh, all good. We don't have time. I love, I love yeah, analytics no, chat, no, but the great. running back one <laughs> explodes my head. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> also, I just want uh, my other biggest takeaway from week 15 before we jump straight into uh, week 16 is uh, is Booger drawing a uh, a penis um, during the broadcast um, on the field. Um, surely you're all out. On, you're all in on hashtag fade Booger now. <laughs> I didn't see this actually. I honestly didn't. He drew see this. two circles around the Colts safeties, um, in, uh, like, uh, split coverage oh, down the back. Um, and then he drew like a line, like in the middle where, um, yeah. He, he was just drawing Nick Foles and Drew Locke. That's all. Yeah. I tell you what, oh, I tell you what, guys, Romo wouldn't do that. Romo would not do that. No. Nah. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, of course, Booger did that. Um, of all the play, like just of all the analysts, it had to be Booger. Um, well, he was in the south, he was probably feeling it. You yeah, know, like, oh, mate. Yeah, that's, if you uh, can find the screenshots, it is hilarious. It's not quite Nick Foles' uh, length, but you know, it's great. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, week sixteen, as I said, three Sunday games. Like this is this is great. All of them have meaning. Houston minus three at Tampa Bay. Totals forty nine. Houston wrap up the South with a win here, given their win over the Titans last week. Um, so that's that's the meaning there. And the next game, we'll, we'll get to all three, but Buffalo at New England. New England win the division with a win. Um, Buffalo, if they beat New England and then New England lose to Miami next week, um, then Buffalo, um, if they win next week as well, they win the division. Um, and then the Rams at San Fran. San Fran minus six and a half at home. If they win that, then obviously it sets up the showdown with Seattle. Um, for uh, the number one seed potentially in the NFC. So all these games have meaning. There's there's all something to play for. But, yeah, the total 49 in this first game, Houston minus three. Tampa Bay now first in passing uh, in the entire league, 328 yards per game. And, uh, yeah, Winston leads, leads the league in passing yards. 11 of his last 12 games have pro- – 11 of Tampa's last 12 games have produced 50 points or more. Um, and I think the Texans show that they can get it done on offense um, as well. They're seventh in the league in total yards per game. The total has gone over, way over, actually. In two of the three games, the Texans have played against NFC South opponent, opponents in New Orleans and the Falcons. I like the over 49 here. Even without Evans and Goodwin, I think Jameis can put up some points against the 26 DVOA passing defense. You can also count maybe on a high probability of a pick six or a fumble return touchdown with uh, Jameis Winston. So I'm taking the over. 49, what have you got, Nick? Yeah, I'm just going to repeat that uh, that second stat that you just mentioned. Jameis Winston is the NFL passing yards leader. He leads the NFL in yards and thrown touchdowns. And we all know that the Texans' kind of bugbear is, is their pass defense. They're 26, 27th in the league. They've been bad all season. Winston loves to throw downfield. 
He, uh, he leads in the lead in pass attempts as well. He's got 22 more than the next best. It was actually Tom Brady, which surprised me when I saw that. Um, so he, he throws downfield. He throws a lot. This is just a recipe for disaster for, for the Texans. Even with Mike Evans and, and potentially Chris Godwin out, Rashad Perriman's balling. Like he, this guy's back. I remember him in college, and, and he was a, a, legit, uh, a legit receiver in college. Uh, First-round draft pick. Never really put it together in, in Baltimore, and he's finally he's finally starting to do something, and he's been really good the last couple of weeks. He's got Cameron Brait in the red zone. And then between Pey- Peyton Barber and, and Ronald Jones, they've got kind of the makings of one competent running back. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a, a really big uh, big danger game for, for the Texans. And so, yeah, I'm going to take the, the points with the home underdog, Tampa Bay plus three. Yeah, really tough one, I think, to open up our, our big week of games. Bucks rounding in a form, obviously, uh, seven and seven now in the season. However, none of their seven wins are against anybody headed for the playoffs. And like you guys touched on, uh, the Tampa offense is thriving off Winston's arm, however irregular it might be and however inaccurate it might be. Yet this Texans defense is a massive concern. I can't see Texans making any noise once in the playoffs. This is not an anti-Texans rant, which we've had a few of them on there. This is a 27th ranked defense. Um, I don't know how that's going to go when they see the likes of Baltimore in the playoffs. And yeah, so, but a tough one. I would lean towards the points though with Tampa just because, just because of that vulnerability right there. It's hard to back the Texans as a favorite in games, yeah. I think, at this point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, happy to take him as an underdog, but like we saw it against Denver a couple of weeks ago, they just totally. laid an egg at home. Um, totally. Now they're on the road. Um, you're right about the Texans D. Like, can you name a Texans defensive player? Like, merciless. Yeah, is merciless is yeah, is, is the it. only one that comes to name comes yeah. to mind, and like it's crazy. I mean, yeah, it's just maybe Bernardrick McKinney, but like the secondary is just an absolute yeah. mess at this point. So, um, it's just a bunch of random guys from taking off the street, really. Um, all right, yeah. Buffalo at New England. New England minus six and a half at home. The total is thirty-seven and a half. Um, I like Buffalo money line here. I think they win this game. I think they're they're a chance to win this game. The Bills are the third best in the league against the pass, and Tom Brady only managed one hundred and twenty-eight yards on Sunday against Cincinnati. Cincinnati guys, the Pats only had six receptions by wide receivers on Sunday for thirty-seven yards. Edelman had five targets, caught two catches for nine yards. So you know who's been the worst quarterback in the entire NFL over the last six weeks in QBR and yards per attempt? Tom Brady, 73.5 QBR, 5.59 yards per attempt. That's Blaine Gabbert level yards per attempt. He stinks. He stinks. First place is on the line here. I think the Bills, they only lost by six, played them tough last time. I think Buffalo win. I think they win this game. Taking the money line, baby. Let's roll. I don't, I don't mind that, and I think if anything, if if I was going to lean one way or another, I'd be leaning Buffalo uh, at the plus six and a half. But I'm going to go back to the well with the unders in a Bills game. They they've served me really well all year, and I, I know it's a really low total, thirty seven and a half. I think it still is. Yep. Um, neither of these sides have any kind of offensive form or, or skill players that that really would worry their defenses. Uh, so I'm going back to the well with the unders. Uh, I think that correlates really well with a with a Buffalo. A Buffalo spread, and even like you said, a, a little a little nibble on the Buffalo money line. But yeah, I'm going to stick with the unders this week. So, quick one in terms of to play devil's advocate: Patriots, reigning Super Bowl champions, are 11 and three this season, and we're admitting that Brady is in a real heap. Does that mean quarterbacks don't matter? That's my only concern there. You know, in terms of we rubbish the running back element of the game, Patriots seem to be functioning really, really well without a quarterback. 
Is that is that a fair call? Yeah, that's fair. Their, their defense is outstanding, but, but that, that, yeah. I, yeah. But so is the Buffaloes. That's what I mean. Like I feel like this is just going to be a nitty gritty game when there's only thirty seven points in the total. Like I'm going to take the underdog in those tougher scenarios. I, I really like the Pats this week, and it's for the same reason I really liked them against Cincinnati last week. The defense remains outrageous, and Buffalo don't really have an offense. Ranked 22nd in, in the competition. Bills have been winning, yep, and I really like them as a franchise, and they're headed for the plus for the second time in three years. Over the last two weeks, 470 total yards in two weeks of football, um, along with three tur- turnovers as well. So I feel that if you are going to beat the Pats or even really cover, you're going to need to be packing quite an offense and the, uh, like even league average, but preferably top 10, which is what the, uh, which is what Baltimore have obviously had, which is what the Chiefs have had and which what the Texans have had, which are the three teams that have beaten this, them this year. And I just don't, don't rate Buffalo's offense in that, or well, the numbers don't back it up either. So I think the Patriots, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable taking Pats and the points here at home. Okay. Um, I'm also taking the plus six and a half just as well. I just, I'm just in the money on the money line as well. Uh, it's not too many games though where Josh Allen is the better quarterback, but would that be an accurate sentiment just heading into this week? Just, well, he's definitely, definitely the better, definitely the better athlete. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's the underrated aspect. He, he could run for a hundred in this game. Like if, if they're in throwing course, it down, he, he's going to, like, yeah. It, take out the rest of the narrative. If you had to pick a quarterback, who do you pick right now? Do you pick Josh Allen or oh, do you pick Brady? I don't know. I feel like I think I think I probably still take Brady. Yeah. I mean, but if you change this, if you and, change and, the surname on the back of Brady's jersey to yeah. like a random like, just put something Smith on the back and the way he's played over the but, last six weeks, you would you would you would bench him. But yeah, but, probably I agree. I agree. What about if we got league average offensive line? If we're going to play hypotheticals, league average offensive line in front of this. This Brady character oh. and some league average wide receivers in a running game as well. I'd, I'd definitely be taking Brady then. Uh, I don't know, I man. They, there are mitigating factors. They always seem to blame everything else around him. I just they've got Dante Scarnecchia, who's the greatest offensive line coach of all time. They've got Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. They still can't make it work because their quarterback cannot throw the ball accurately beyond the line of scrimmage. Like he just, he's most of his scores are, and, and, he's are lost... minus one or two air yards behind the line of scrimmage, and it's just yak. That's yeah, all. And, but, it's their offense at the moment. It's gadget plays. Yeah, well, it's all Adam, and that's absolutely yeah. true. But this is a team that's still there, eleven and three on yeah. the season, but and they're going to be. But what's a good win for them? What, what, like, who's a good win on their schedule? Yeah, like, oh, this is this is very true. Just they they beat loser teams all at the start of the year. It was the most easiest schedule. I've yeah, they, they beat Dallas in like wind and wet and rain, like just barely as well. Yeah, Remember, exactly. That was a I, I win. I, I and just, Dallas. Yeah, I look. I'm looking forward to someone. That's, Getting that sound clip of me saying Brady stinks in January when they win the Super Bowl, but like that. <laughs> but right now he does, he stinks. But anyway, um, you just trust that they'll get it together, and maybe it is this week yeah. and lock in the division. So, um, all right, let's move on to the last game here on the Sunday slate. Um, I love saying that. L.A. Rams at San Francisco. San Fran minus six and a half. The total is forty-five. Nick, why don't you start us off? What have you got for us? Oh, I was so disappointed with the Rams last week. I mean. That- as an Eagles fan that really needed Dallas to have a loss, uh, another loss, you know, they, they kind of smacked the Rams and they'd done nothing for three or four weeks offensively. They they didn't know how to move the ball. They didn't know how to, you know, score points. And then they all just seemed, they seemed to put it all together against the Rams, which was, was just really disappointing. Um, so I, I think I'm kind of off the Rams for the rest of the year. <laughs> um, it's just been a really disappointing year. They've had a couple of good weeks and they kind of, they kind of looked like they were getting back to, 
you know, the dominant defense and Aaron Donald, a defensive player of the year, you know, contender and looking a little bit more like the Rams that, that we got used to last season. But it just, it's, they've been so inconsistent and they just haven't shown that talent that we know that they've got enough. And I think I'm off them for the rest of the season. Yep. Um, uh, I think also, you know, the Niners are really going to be smarting after the, after blowing that loss uh, against Atlanta last week. They, they really should have won that game and, and probably should have won it fairly easily. But the Falcons, and we haven't said this very often this year, they were just more composed in those final couple of minutes. Mm. Um, I think the Niners get back on track here. I think that was their kind of their aberration. Uh, and I think they get back on track in, in style this week. Uh, I've got them winning by a couple of touchdowns. Okay. Uh, do you agree with uh, Nick James? Yeah, I, this one's a really tough one for me. Rams, exactly as Nick said, sort of came back into form with that really good win over S- Seattle. Then, you know, Dallas hung 44 on them. San Francisco, same example. They went into the Superdome and probably the win of the season, yet allowed the Falcons. You would, 49ers would have been the last team of the year. You think the Falcons are going to go 80 yards on and score a touchdown and win the game, but it happened. So I think the best form guide is probably the last two times, the, the last time these met, these guys met when the Rams hosted San Fran in week six. Rams scored 10 points and produced 157 total yards and got smashed, obviously. Maybe that is the, the, the form guide I'd rely upon and which might lean me San Francisco minus six and a half. But also, Guys, if Seattle win against Arizona and San Francisco lose this game, that's it. NFC West is done and dusted. Seattle, it would be Seattle's without that week 17 game yep. mattering one bit. So it's, yeah, it's massive. And I kind of called, yeah, I, I, I wasn't bold enough to pick Atlanta. I think you did last week, James, but I said it was a terrible spot for the 49ers. I had those games against the Ravens and Saints and then the look ahead to this game and Seattle. So that kind of was the game to, to lose. And, like, sometimes you kind of need those losses. It sounds ridiculous, but yeah, yeah. Um, it's fine. Like, and yeah, it doesn't the change their – if they win this and win Seattle, the loss to Atlanta means absolutely nothing. I think San Francisco, to be honest, like, I I, I, I know I've been late to the, the train with them. And I think they're building something absolutely enormous, yet it's happened so quickly. That's the mm. only reservation for me. And yeah. that might – you know, whether they are a young group that is looking that sort of one game ahead or – Ready. These guys are going to be around for the next decade with that kind of pass defense. Garoppolo gets stronger, and that mastermind Shanahan hold on to Salah as well. Yeah, but whether it's this year, that's my only thing. Yeah, yeah. the only teams that last a decade are cheap. That's um, allegedly. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I yeah I I don't know this 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 game for me is a pass. There's too many unknowns here. The Rams are so Jekyll and Hyde this season. Uh, like. Just the last five weeks alone have just been so Jekyll and Hyde. And the 49ers injury report's pretty ugly. Um, mm. Richard Sherman's expected to play, but he's questionable with a hamstring. Um, Jakuski Tart, the safety's out. Uh, K1 Williams, D Ford, Julian Taylor, and then DJ Jones was placed on injury reserve last week. Just way too many. Um, the, the bet for me this week is George Kittle overs. I think he had 17 targets last week. Um, and we That's saw. Well. Yeah, um, we saw the tight ends kind of have a little bit of a field day against the Rams last week um, with Blake Jarwin and uh, Jason Witten getting plenty of love up the middle. So I think Kittle hits 100-plus yards there um, at 260. Um, maybe my long shot play, but I might have something else for you as well. But that's probably the way I'll go. I'll leave it I don't, that, at that line. I think San Fran win, but it's just too hard with the Rams. They're just I'm, so Jekyll and Hyde. I'm surprised at that price for Kittle, to be honest. I reckon, yeah. I reckon that should be... Closer to two ten to twenty. Yeah, well, uh, that's that's looking offshore because a lot of the uh, Australian books are not up yet with uh, player mm. stuff. So uh, 
we just have to go with our best guess. Recording on a Thursday here, um, it's always tough, but yeah, give or take. But I think anything over kind of like 220 for that, I'd probably take. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah, me too. That's why I'm, it's my long shot. Although I do like something else with Kittle, but we'll get to it. Jacksonville at Atlanta. Atlanta minus seven at home. The total is 45 and a half. Um, despite the feel good victory for Jags last week, its offense again had a pedestrian game. It massed just 262 yards of total offense, just 42 rushing yards from Leonard Fournette. That's the fifth time in the last six games he's failed to top 50 rushing yards. Thanks, Lenny. You are on my fantasy team. Um, and I guess against the, the, Raiders defense, who have been awful, awful, awful. Um, and then the Jags as well. Uh, Coughlin gone. Um, looks like potentially more of a clean-out coming. Um, they've been put on kind of notice there, so that's one to watch. Falcons too, I guess. We should see some movement. I think the offseason is going to be far more interesting for these two teams than this actual game. It's a it's a, a big meh for me in a pass. If anything, I'd lean Atlanta if it gets under the touchdown, but that's it for me. Is, is this line of it? Atlanta minus seven, a bit of an overreaction to, to last week's results. So I think it, it they've might. Been, they've been pretty good over the last month. I mean, they beat New Orleans and, and they, you know, they've, 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 they've had trending. some games. Yeah, so so both both of these teams have been trending in opposite directions over the last kind of four to six weeks. And so Atlanta definitely deserve yeah. favoritism. I have no argument or no qualm with that at all. But I'm wondering if this, this line, you know, they beat San Fran at massive unders. Um, yeah, I think maybe that line could be a bit of an overreaction, but it's it's too big for me based on the the entire season. Uh, it's probably passed for me. If it does come in, I might I might have a play. Pass for me too, but I do agree. Absolutely fascinating in terms of what's going to happen in the off season with both of these teams. And I was just thinking, <laughs> who would get the awful job of telling Tom Coughlin that he's been fired or or to ask to leave the building because i tell you i would not volunteer in a million years i think the owner did it because uh he was the only one that would that um had enough money or the uh cojones to do it so the only uh, one left in the building yeah exactly (laughs) true would be there about four in the morning yeah coach and gm also gone in jacksonville for sure yeah have to be gone. Gonski. And then Atlanta, I think it, I could see Atlanta's keeping everything in situ as well, to be honest. That's a, uh, sort of, they played hard, and maybe they're trying to fight for Dan Quinn's job, and maybe that's the reason but, that line's probably over the touchdown. And, and this is a franchise who's obsessed with in, they, you know incremental gains, which they got you know from Sky Racing, the cycling team. Dimitrov's yep. obsessed with this as well. And I, I think he's not going to be the kind of guy who's, who's going to say, yep, let's, let's, my mistake, my, my mistake in terms of the hiring. And I think that win at San Francisco last week was the exact kind of, and then have Mick New Orleans as well. Yep. Might just convince Arthur Blank that, yep, we're going to keep it all, all, all together. Uh, New Orleans minus three at Tennessee. The total is 50 and a half. Nick, what's your thoughts on this? I, I really like Tennessee. It's, it's a, a super interesting matchup. Tennessee are top ten in both pass and rush offense. They're nine and ten, uh, nine and eight in those categories. The Saints are top ten in both pass and run defense. Ten and nine in those categories. So in, in that regard, it's going to be a really interesting matchup. Where the difference is, is that the Saints also have a top five offense, and Drew Brees is in goat form. We saw last week uh, completion percentage of something ridiculous, like ninety seven percent from thirty odd. Past attempts, I think that, that he and Thomas and, and a few of those guys, Kamara, will just overwhelm the Titans in, in terms of volume and and uh, accuracy. Uh, the Titans are ranked 22nd in pass defense just for what it's worth. So I'm on the Saints here, but I, I really like what Tennessee have been doing. Um, and it does hurt me a little bit to take the, the Saints here, but uh, New Orleans minus three. James, are you in agreement? Uh, yeah, I, I am actually. I think, to be honest... 
Titans were a nice story there for a short period of time. There was a little bit of a seductive price in the market, which you can get yourself out of now if, if you want. Whereas the Saints, they're a the real deal, and they're in the box seat for home field advantage in the NFC. Very few strengths, uh, weaknesses rather, on throughout the team. Also been great on the road this season. Five wins in a row on the road. And during those five wins, and I, I can't believe this, one single turnover in five road games in those five consecutive wins. Yes, both teams still have a heap to play with. And I mean a heap because home field is an advantage will matter, obviously, throughout the playoffs. But I, I, I'm happy to take the Saints here. They're the better team all rounds. And they're the one with they're the one with the runs on the board as well. So Saints for me. I'd actually uh, I'm I'm against you guys, both you guys. I'd actually double down on the Titans price. I actually think they were the better team last week against the Texans. Uh, I've passed the Titans baton on. Yeah, I'm 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 in. I'm still in. I um they were actually the better team last week. They had more first downs, more yards, more yards per play. Um, they pretty much. Just an unlucky red zone turnover was ultimately a 14-point swing in that game. Uh, otherwise, Tennessee win that game, cover, win comfortably. The narrative is way different. The look-ahead line was like one and a half, and that's just blown out. Whereas the Saints, look, yeah, they were perfect at home. It was a great spot for them at home. The record record night for Breeze there at home against a very banged-up and overrated Colts team. Jacoby Reset, uh is yeah, is injured. Also a Pro Bowl alternative, which is hilarious. Um, that is, that is funny. But they're now taking a rare trip outdoors where they're 4-12-1 against the spread in December and January since Drew Brees' second season in New Orleans. So, you know, he's out of a dome where he, where he thrives and he can be the ballerina and, and move around and be, and be beautiful. But out in the elements, out, out in Tennessee, I give the Titans a chance to win this game outright, especially if Houston lose to the Bucks, which is entirely possible. Um, as we've seen the Bucks and the and we've seen Houston choke away, but um, DVOA kind of agrees with me. The Titans actually moved up to tenth in DVOA despite losing, um, so they they moved them up and they had them as the better team in in that game as well. So um, I just think Tennessee plus three here is the play, and I'll have a double at the Tennessee money line as well. Um, I just think uh, Tennessee is still value. I think uh, they have a lot uh, to play I, for. I, I agree. If, if you're looking for value and you're looking to to kind of Play contrarian, then then Tennessee is is yep. is the one I think for the the week. Yep. Um, uh, like I said, I really like what they're doing. Yep, and have liked them all year. You know, I've I've, I've ridden Derrick Henry in fantasy all season. Yep, uh, played him in DFS nearly every week. It, dude is a stud, and they're they're quietly a very good roster. Exactly. Good the roster. the only weakness, and this is where the, the massive advantage is in New Orleans' favor, is Tennessee's corners are terrible, and you and you right. and you mentioned twenty second in pass defense. So you know it could be a lot worse actually than where they actually are ranked. Um, just given over the last since those players went down, they've probably been even worse. Um, and Michael yep. Thomas is probably the best wide receiver in football at the moment. Right. And he's th- on an absolute rip and tear. I think the difference is Tennessee are very good. New Orleans are elite. Yep. That, that's, yep. the, that's the way I see it. And I, like I said, it hurts me because I really like what Tennessee yep. are doing. And they deserve to play in playoffs. Uh, they deserve postseason. But I don't think this is a week for them. Yep. Uh, and they need to they need to get a win. They need to win one of the last two games and hope that, that the Ravens don't rest their starters against the Steelers. So we'll have to wait and see um, what goes on there. But, you know, as a home dog, I'll, I'll take them in that spot. Uh, Cincinnati at Miami, another just a cracking game here, like... Miami minus one at, at home. The Joe Burrow Bowl, even though not really. Um, 
but it's a total is 46 and a half. Miami, a favorite in a game. Finally, they're favorites in a game. The Bengals have actually outgained their opponents in three straight games as their rush offenses shine, racking up 343 rushing yards against the Browns and Pats. The Bengals' defense has actually played really well in recent weeks and ranks third in red zone percentage. And we saw the Dolphins against the Jets just could not finish drives. They, they settled for six field goals. Um, so I do think uh, this is a good spot for the Bengals. They also don't have to worry about damaging their draft status because they've got a two-game buffer for that number one pick. So they can win this game and then just rest starters next week or do whatever they want um, next week. So I'm going to play the Bengals, even though they fell apart in the second half last week. I don't think it's going to happen against a Dolphins defense that's historically bad against the pass. You're going against... You, you, this is the dramatic difference. You're going against... Last week, the number one defense in the NFL, um, and now you're going to the 32nd ranked defense in the NFL. So it's a massive difference in, in opponent. Um, you know, it's kind of like versing someone in Mario Kart that's, that's a, a, an elite person or someone that's never played it before, and you're going to win that race. So, uh, I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with Cincinnati here. Um, also taking the points, um, between, uh, I'll touch on this with the Giants game, but taking the points when two teams face each other. Below uh, 500 in week 16. It's been very profitable. So I'm going to take Cincinnati plus one. There you go. Interesting. Yep. I, I don't think that there's a whole lot different between these two franchises in, in how bad they've been all year. I think there is there's one major difference, and, and that is Devontae Parker. He, he's the man in Miami. He's the difference maker in this game. I, I reckon, he, and he said that he doesn't care about Pro Bowl. He said that it doesn't matter. He just wants to win games. He's got his new contract or his extension. Um, but I reckon just quietly and in private, he'd be pretty pissed with not getting a, a nod for Pro Bowl, given the season he's had on, on one of the worst teams in NFL history, really. Mm. To, to week 15, 16, 950 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, got a couple of games to go still. That's a bloody good stat line, given the, the situation that he's in in, my, in Miami this year. Um, I think Miami win this at home. They're playing hard. They've got nothing to gain by playing. And, you know, ironically, they would, it would be better for them to lose. And, and so I kind of respect what they're doing in that they're still playing. They're still out there trying to win every week, even though they're not very good. Um, Cincinnati, uh, I don't see that as much. I think Miami win this. I think Parker is the difference. And uh, Miami win by a touchdown. Pass from me, really like those both sides that you guys presented there. But also, interestingly, um, this isn't the worst game of the week, which is quite amazing. Yeah, I agree. Cincy and Miami is not the worst game of the week. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. Let's move on to the worst game of the week. Carolina at Indianapolis. <laughs> that is the worst game of the week. Also, just to double back, do you know who leads Miami in rushing yards this season? Do any of you guys know? It's not Kenyon Drake. <laughs> it's certainly not. Uh, any guesses, Nick? Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick? He does. He leads Miami wow. in rushing yards this season with, That's two, amazing. with 219 rushing yards. That is, that is amazing. <laughs> and I tell you, if running backs mattered, they might not be too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I just find that uh, interesting. Yeah, and I agree with you. Devontae Parker should have got a Pro Bowl nod, and he was left out of the uh, shortlist for the NFL All 100 Years mm. team as well. So bad week for Devontae Parker. He should have been in that. It's mm. the GOAT. Uh, all right, Carolina at Indy, worst game of the week. Indy minus seven at home. Total is 46. Uh, Will Greer, anyone? Anyone a big fan of Will Greer here? Anyone? We've got a colleague um, in the office, Michael Doyle. So it's a shout-out to him because he's a West Virginia alum, okay. which is where Will Greer was at. And um, yep. yeah. So so this shout out to Michael. Yeah. I backed him at, to win a Heisman at like sixty seven bucks and he made the final three. So that was a good little uh futures book from a couple and, of years ago. 
just just while we're on the shout out, Michael's the the, the man that makes the website tick. Okay. Uh, yeah, behind yeah. the scenes, the website developer. So yep. yeah, and that website is statsinsider.com.au. So check it out. Um, does anyone remember Kyle Allen? Just rest in <laughs> rest in peace. Um, <laughs> now we're gonna give the keys to the franchise to this yeah. guy. Um, I think Marlon Mack and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, that's hilarious. Marlon Mack and Christian McCaffrey might run the ball thirty times each in this one. Um, it's a big fat pass for me. Um, I already touched on my good joke earlier that Jacoby Brissett's a Pro Bowl alternative. But just <laughs> oh god. All right, yeah, pass for me. Any anyone got a play on this? Uh, I, I've got no no play on this one, but I can imagine. Little child Josh, you know, at, at the foot of the, the Christmas tree. Santa, what do I really want for Christmas is Jameis Winston. No, not Jameis oh, Winston. I could just imagine. Oh, can you, can I want you imagine? Matthew, I want Matthew of, Stafford in Indy. That type of inconsistency, that type of balls behind that Colts offensive line. Oh, that would be so entertaining. But no, this is a terrible game. And it's still not the worst game of the week, despite what you think and say. <laughs> I actually really do like this game for multiple reasons. From a futures perspective, Colts, seriously, I need one more game to get that sweet, sweet middle between the over six and a half and the under nine and a half. <laughs> Which is, which is, it's been waiting. It's four, they've done a revert, they've done an Oakland here. They've lost four in a row and they're threatening to, to go under that line. Um, but I was actually quite surprised here. I, I honestly thought the line would be about three or four points instead of seven. So there's a, quite a discrepancy there. Yes, Indy, uh, lost four in a row and they've lost, also lost six of their last eight against the spread. Panthers, they're struggling too. So they've lost seven of their last eight straight up. But five of those eight have been against teams headed for the playoffs and half have been within eight. McCaffrey alone is going to keep this door open all match. Um, Panthers wouldn't surprise me. Moneyline Panthers, which would be a really good price, but definitely plus seven against this Colts team who hmm. they're, they're appalling at the moment. So yeah, Panthers plus seven. Yeah, I have this four and a half, but I just, I don't know. Yeah. We will agree. I just didn't know how to rate him with my numbers. So I probably True. backed away, but yeah. I had this at four and a half, so the the seven is like a massive value. Mm. Um, I'll probably end up play, playing it just because I want to trust my numbers. But yeah, Holtz, it... please win, please, <laughs> <laughs> um, please lose because if we keep losing, we yeah. could potentially uh, get uh, tour. So let's uh, keep keep well, falling how down. Far, yeah, how. We, if we lose out and some seven. other results go away, we can end up in the top ten. So, and you could, and you could trade up and get him if you yeah, wanted. We do have Washington's uh, second round pick, which is like pick thirty four, which is so, awesome. Josh, just what the the Colts lead is need is a um <laughs> a injury ravaged quarterback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, one that may <laughs> consider retirement early as well. Right. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, last um, against uh, the Saints is when I really like I really truly missed Andrew Luck. I kind of uh, just really wept for like I'm not a religious man, but I would have prayed for uh, Andrew Luck to come back. <laughs> also thinking, does Indianapolis can you get further away from Hawaii? Colts, yeah, weather-wise, than Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Crazy. Uh, Baltimore, minus 10 at Cleveland. The total is 48. I mean, at this point in the season, the Ravens rank below only four teams in DVOA history, one of which has only played 12 games because of uh, some sort of strike historically. Um, but, yeah, at this point, it, it would be absolutely absurd to pick against the Ravens, although their last loss wasn't home to this very side. They now play them on the road. 10-point favourites. It reeks of a trap game. So you either take the points or take a hike. Pass for me. Yeah, it it might be a trap game. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's it's either the easiest play of the week or it's that trap game that, that you say. <laughs> uh, either way, I'm kind of well on the, the Ravens train and, and uh, I can't see that stopping at any station for, for a couple of weeks yet. So 
Uh, I'm they taking just, Baltimore at the points. They just need to win. They don't care about covering. If they win by one. Uh, they, that's it. That's the one seed. I don't think they know any other way. Yep. I don't think they know any other way. It's just sort of, it's you know pedal the metal and and just gun it. And I think I think that's what they'll do again. Yeah, Ravens for me, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's just we haven't even touched on the Browns. Like the players demanding to be traded to Arizona in the middle of the game, like that's mm. yeah. OBJ and Jarvis Landry, are like, call me, come get me to the to the to the Arizona Cardinals. Like, the, and, and, and their owner is... got done for drink driving six months ago, and that's more desirable than the Browns right now. And it's that sort of like the dirtiest word in sports. Like people don't want to hear it all the time. It's culture, right? And this is not a place to talk about the benefits of. This is clearly a disgusting culture yeah. in Cleveland Browns. So this is evidence A when yeah. culture goes bad and gets you nowhere. Yeah. And this is the Browns. So yeah. that's for those who don't think culture matter. Yeah. Well, well, while we're on the Ravens, I thought I might uh, also just very quickly look back about 16 weeks ago. Uh, we did our kind of season preview and, and put up a couple of. I guess season-long bets or plays or wishes, whatever you want to call them. Yep. Josh, I think you had one of yours was Lamar Jackson to uh, to earn at least one MVP vote. Yep, and I had him as my MVP dark horse as well. I, th- I think you, I think you might be safe with yeah, that one. I think, I think he might get all fifty at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but one of mine was for Lamar Jackson to break the single-season quarterback rushing record, which he did last week. Yep, uh, Mike Vick in two thousand six. So yeah, very impressive season. Yeah. Very impressive. And, and my one is I've always said Randy Newman's Baltimore is is a is a stunning song, <laughs> like like actually he's one of his very best, which is saying something. Yeah, uh, I still like you've got a friend in me. I also want to mention um, going back to our uh, preseason podcast. Um, uh, we, I'm, I'm looking at our picks here. Um, AFC North. Uh, only one of us picked the Ravens to win the division. Yeah, we're going to move on from that. Um, that was that me, way. and then uh, <laughs> Nick and James picked the Browns to win yeah. the division. Culture. So. Uh, yeah, Yep, <laughs> that's where we're at there. But looking at uh, some of our best bets as well, uh, like season wins, under Bengals under six and Ravens over eight and a half were two of our good ones. And then, uh, yeah, it was it was it was pretty good. It was wasn't bad. I did, I did pivot really quickly with that division bet and just got got paid for that yeah. this week. Actually, in terms of. That, that really good numbers hung around for a little bit with Baltimore. I think people were not so much late with them, but still believing that the likes of Steelers and the Browns still, still had yeah. something to say on the season. Where it was, for me, it was more about how bad those two teams were, less at that stage believing in the Ravens. I certainly yeah. believe in them now, but yeah. I took a lot of Ravens futures because I just knew the public yeah. hammered the Browns, so there was just inherent value on Baltimore. Mm. And the, my one regret is I didn't take AFC Championship or Super Bowl. I just purely went with wins and division and all that sort of stuff and that now like you know back in week one I think they were like 50s to win the Super Bowl and it's like seems just crazy now when you look at them at $3 it's just yeah it's it's the wins though you get a couple of wins it's it's easy to, to think about what if and yeah you know, I have done that but yeah you know, oh well it's about the wins um, alright New York Giants at Washington I think this might be your guys worst game of the week here um, minus two and a half here is the uh, line for Washington at home home favourites Total is 42.5, and And this is the thing I took to touched on earlier about uh, the Bengals on taking them plus one. So research shows that when two teams that will have losing records on the season play in Week 16, you want to take the points. Taking the points in a Week 16 matchup between two teams that will finish with a losing record has covered 67.5% of the time since 2000. So the Giants, anyone? Anyone want to join me on the Giants? No chance. Okay. No chance. No chance. Okay. Uh, it hurts my eyes to even think about watching this game. This is a, a complete pass for me. That's what why you bet on it. 
Well, <laughs> yeah, there's one NFC East clash that, that's going to have yep. people watching and, and tuning in. This one, not it. It's okay. just disgusting. Yep. Uh, anything, uh, anything from from you on this, James? I just wrote Port Favor. Okay. It's a big part. All right. Um, let's talk about this next week, Nick. I reckon Giants Washington might surprisingly be more entertaining than Dallas Philly, but we'll see. Just because the NFL is so whack, it just really is. Can you just? I can imagine. I'm gonna. Can you imagine like the Dallas Philly game finishing like seventeen nine or something, and this is going to be like a forty four yeah. to forty Giants win or something? Yeah, it's like crazy. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um. Right. Pittsburgh minus three at the Jets. The total is thirty seven and a half. Um. Here we have two offenses that rank in the bottom three of DVOA. And one defense that ranks in the top three. That means we shouldn't see much scoring at all. The Jets are number one in rush yards, in, in yards per rush allowed on the defense this season. So it's up to Duck Hodges, quack quack, uh, to move the ball through the air on the road. Something I don't see him having much success, uh, you know, with regularity. I mean, he's had moments, but, um, I just don't see if he can do it consistently. And then on the other side, um, the Steelers defense hasn't given up 300 yards in any of their last five games or more than 17 points in any of their last four. Um, so this is tailor-made for an underbet. Under 37.5. Uh, James, what do you got? Yeah, I really like the Jets here, actually. And that's the first time I've said that this year. Um, they've won four of their last five at home. have cleared 20 points in five of their past six games as well. But mostly this is about um, the Jets' D, which won't be troubled by a pit team who's struggling mightily. Just 229 yards last week. I know it was against Buffalo, but five turnovers as well. Uh, I think the Jets can take the run game away from Pittsburgh as well. Jets are second best in the league when it comes to uh, rush defense, according to DVOA, which is going to put the hands in the going to put the ball into the, to the Ducks' hands for Pittsburgh. Quack quack, exactly. So, so, yeah, I really, yeah, I haven't said it all year because I, I, I despise the Jets, but I'll, I'll take the points here plus three. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with James. I don't mind the Jets at home. I, I think, it, it, like both of you said, it's, it should be a low-scoring game. Both very good defensive units. The concern for the Jets lies, obviously, with, with their past defenses, as you both already said. But I think that does open a bit of a back door for James Washington, who, who's kind of the mm. number one receiver now in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, he averages 17.8 yards per catch on the season, which in the last month is up to, to 20.3 yards per catch uh, with uh, with Duck Hodges. So there's a bit of a connection there. And uh, I, I think that's worth keeping an eye on in prop markets when they come out here in Australia. Uh, and, and for DFS, I think there, there could be a, a value play on James Washington there. Uh, but I do, I do think the Jets plus three is decent and again, a, a little play on the unders as well. All right. A couple of Jets plays. I like it. Um, it's a massive game for the Steelers. They need to win and, and hope that the Ravens rest their starters next week for a chance to kind of lock up that sixth playoff spot, uh, in the, in the playoffs, um, with, with Tennessee kind of looming as well. So. I know who I'd rather see in the playoffs, um, and that's Ryan Tannehill traded to the Steelers, um, and that would be the that would be the way to go. Um, but uh, that's not going to happen, unfortunately. Um, all right, let's move on to Detroit at Denver. Denver are six and a half point favorites at home. The total is thirty eight and a half. The Lions are keeping mm. Matthew Edward and Patricia. <laughs> We expect to be a playoff contender, Mrs. Ford said. That means playing meaningful games in December. (laughs) That's the same person who hired someone who has a laminated piece of paper with a pencil in their ear. Hashtag free Matthew Stafford. 
Hashtag Stafford to Indy 2020. That's all I'll say. Pass from me on this game. Wasn't Matt Patricia meant to be bringing the Patriots defense to Detroit? Wasn't that the whole reason that they hired him? <laughs> this game is a, is a pass for me, but there are some massive, massive concerns around the Lions. And I'm not sure what Denver have to play for either outside of just not getting hurt. And maybe a big bleep lock wants to yeah. sew up a starting berth for next season, but yeah, I just I just don't know where to go with this game. So it's a pass for me. I, I hate this Detroit team as well, guys. And exactly what you were saying in terms of the Matt Patricia thing. This is a really sort of outlier defense as well. The way he structures his defense is, especially in the modern NFL, is criminal. Like honestly, and even if we go back to the Super Bowl when he was at the Patriots and Philly put up what nearly fifty points against them when they hired him from there, this is a really bad Detroit team in every respect. They lack imagination across the franchise. The drafting record is deplorable. They they're really unathletic as well, all over the defense. This is a terrible team, and it's saying something where. We're matched up against the Broncos when if the Broncos are looking like the smart guys, which they do here, that's a really con- that's a big concern. So what the Lions have lost ten of the last eleven and failed to cover in eight of the last nine as well. Broncos are in season best form. And if we take out that that blowout by a really good KC game KC team last week, Broncos are in are in in, in excellent form. And the defense is top 10 as well in the league. And Detroit certainly don't have any kind of offense which is going to exploit that. And here's another stat. Guys, you said that before about Miami's rush-up. Who do we think Detroit's leading receiver is on the season? Because, yeah, I mean, Golladay and Marvin Jones are both on IR. Am I correct? Yeah, it's oh, Amendola. And you don't yeah. want Amendola, a little 35-year-old sort of slot receiver in and out kind of guy, leading your, <laughs> a, a, modern, a modern... Hasn't he missed about five games as well? Yeah, yeah, he has. He missed the start of the year. You're right, Nick. Um, Is Danny so, yeah. Amendola 35? Wow, he really he's 30, uh, 34. Jeez, but 30, still. 34, there he's you go. He's old. Yeah. Well, this is his third or fourth team as well. Yeah, true. Um, so, yeah. yeah, it's Broncos for me. And seriously, Detroit, Ford family, what, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, this is, this is, this is from all of us. This yeah. is, if this is a lock of the week, it's a message <laughs> yeah. from the Punt Return podcast of Detroit saying, seriously, yeah. this is terrible. He's so far behind in that division as well. Yep. You mentioned Matt Patricia being criminal. I'm all for him being locked up. So um, that's all I'll say. <laughs> he does look like he could do. He, he, yeah. he belongs behind bars. Um, he, did you see him on the sideline for? There either. There are some, some dodgy stuff. So. <laughs> did you hear see him on the sideline during the Steelers game? Like he. What, what he, was happening there? Well, he. Uh, oh, well, he was there, but. Uh, they were saying it was Ben Roethlisberger, but we all knew it was Matt Patricia. He was mm. learning how to um, coach a good defense while he was there. Yes. Um, so it's pretty funny that Ben Roethlisberger is slowly morphing into Matt Patricia, but um, we'll wait and see how that works out next season. Um, Oakland at the Chargers. The Chargers. It took me a while to get that yes, joke. But... Sorry, mate. Uh, terrible delivery. This is, this is why I'll never quit my day job. Um, Oakland at the Chargers. Chargers minus seven. Totals 45 and a half. I have zero thoughts on this game in these two franchises. I'll sit down and enjoy Philip Rivers next week in what probably may be his last game for the Chargers in the NFL. God bless that man. Um, what a what a what a football player! What a what a personality! What a uh, procreator! What a yeah, yeah, great great dad, um, great swimmer, um, swimmers. <laughs> um, Derek Carr. I mean, couldn't think of anything more opposite to Philip Rivers. He sucks. Um, I think the I think Gruden and the Raiders could be decent if they get a good quarterback. I've never seen a QB throw the ball out of bounds on fourth down as many times as Derek Carr. I mean, it's just laughable, really. So. I have zero thoughts on this game whatsoever. I'm passing. I, I probably will not watch it. 
Only if Red Zone kind of cut to it for some sort of charging, charges charging a lead or, or coming back from a massive deficit, which is generally what happens. Uh, I, I want, like you, I want nothing to do with these two teams. I, I can completely understand why punters hate both of these franchises. They are consistently inconsistent, and I just can't, I can't do it with them, either of them. Yeah. They're just garbage. Pass from me too. Just two more games that Oakland will end up losing 10 for the year and thus getting under the six and a half win mark for the season. So that's what that's all about. And I'll tell you what, Gruden, I'd apologize for everything bad I said because you would have come through for the second year. And my plan was as soon as they gave him the 10 year deal, my plan was that every single year of, if he was a survival 10, I'd go the season under. And so this could be two for two. Mind you, I was leaning slightly towards Oakland, but I think it's just been, uh, said that Josh Jacobs is out. So I don't think Oakland can. Can, can, they certainly can't win, and I doubt whether they can cover without uh, Josh Jacobs. It was a perfect um, end to the Raiders, uh, <laughs> like their home game. To lose to the Jags yeah, in that way, like that. in that fashion, Absolutely. is just it was just a perfect ending. Um, my, my, yeah. Fans loved it too. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. But also, yeah, they did. <laughs> that, went, that went on, apparently. Yeah. Um, let's also not get too excited about the charges, because I've been seriously... They lost by 29 points and seven turnovers. Minnesota are good, but Chargers, seriously. <laughs> this is, if they were to lose this, there's going to be some big, big, big issues there as well. Okay. Um, you know, I went with so many troubles as it is. So I went on, uh, is Gruden gone yet.com. Do you know how much money he's accrued so far in his tenure with the Raiders? I don't want to know. Oh, already it would be what 20 million, right? Very close, James. Well done. 19.5 million. Um, since I went on to the website, he's made $11. Um, okay. So what? Let's work from here on out. I'll, I'll come back to it and see how much he's made while we podcast. Because um, I think there's a lot of coaches and coaches association as well were really yeah. repulsed by that contract. Yeah. He's still owed eighty, 80 million. million. Still owed yeah. eighty million. So um, this is a great website. Just quietly. I mean, what a great whoever set that up. Genius. Uh, give him the Nobel Peace Prize. Um, and this is this is also this is thrown out. And I shouldn't do this, but what's what's happened to Gruden's face? Oh. Something's like has happened as well. Like whether yeah. it's surgery or it's it's now perpetually locked in that kind of weird I would be keeping chucky. Chris Jenner away from him because he's slowly morphing into Bruce Jenner yeah pre-surgery yeah I, I, I can't stand the guy I just <laughs> cannot stand him I'll tell you what man I'll tell you what uh, Arizona at Seattle Seattle minus 10 total is 51 I'm actually super keen to see this one um, the Seahawks have actually been a pretty bad bet at home this season. I mean, while they, they beat Arizona 27-10 on the road, they haven't won a home game by more than a touchdown this season. Um, so they have a massive game with the 49ers on deck next week. Arizona are 5-1 against the spread on the road this season. The Cardinals can play loose after snapping their six-game skid. And Kenyon Drake um, kind of takes the burden off Kyler Murray. Also, Kyler Murray last week, it was the, it was he was finally off the injury report, finally healthy. Played great. Moved the ball, ran the ball well, looked so much better. So um, I think he had to put a lot into his injury, kind of limiting him, his ability. And I think with him healthy, totally different, I think, because he's so reliant on his legs and movement in the pocket behind that terrible offensive line. If he can't be mobile, it changes everything. Um, that's why Josh Rosen was broken into a 1,000 pieces last season. Um, so I think even if the Seahawks get up big, um, we saw on Sunday just how open they leave the back door and they just always want to establish the run. So, I mean, that sets up perfectly here for the for the Arizona Cardinals to cover plus 10 in a division game. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the cards here. 
Seattle genuinely don't know what a double-digit result looks like, while <laughs> Arizona this year have been ATS darlings, and they're 8-5 against the spread. So, And the SI model as well, shout-out to it, it agrees it's got a beaming green smile on the Cardinals, plus 10. Yeah. Now, Seattle, 15 of its last 18 matches have been decided by single figures. That goes back into last season as well. And even before that, this is it. They're addicted to sort of tight, close matches. Um, still think they're excellent. Still think they could be a legit Super Bowl contender. But I am happy to take the points with the cards here. So plus 10 Arizona. Maybe Seattle aren't as good as some of us thought they were. And maybe the cards are slightly better than other of us thought they were. Um, and so I can see how this type of narrative could lead both of my esteemed co-hosts on this podcast to take the underdog here, but uh, pass from me. Uh, this Arizona, uh, this Seattle game, by the way, the Seattle, uh, the last time they played is the only double-digit win they've had this season was against the Cardinals, 27-10. to 10. So I feel like even though the Cardinals have lost, like, snapped the sixth game, I feel like they're a much better team than when they played them back in week four. Um, so I do think... Uh, I mean, they have Patrick Peterson back on the field and things like that. So things are a little bit different. Um, so, yeah, um, that's the only double-digit win Seattle have had this season. Um, uh, okay. Drake, you mentioned Kenyon Drake. I think that he's actually been a really good signing for, for Arizona. I think we were kind of – when it happened, um, we kind of all kind of raised our eyebrows and, and said, kind of, what are they doing? They've got David Johnston. Um, how is this going to work together? But, uh, yeah, it's been really good, and it was sensational last week. It's, it's worked to the point that they give David Johnston a, a carry a game now. Yep. So, crazy. I don't know what's the, I don't know what his contract status is as well, but he seems to have. Uh, He's on the, he could yeah. be on the roster bubble. Um, Persona non grata right. in Arizona. There you go. Uh, Kenyon Drake's the best Kenyon since uh, Uliad Kipchoge did the uh, two-hour marathon. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> and Kenyon and Ke- and Kenyon Martin before that. Yeah, he's also the best Drake since Drake, really, as well. So, um, oh, Seinfeld's Drake. Yeah, exactly. Drake. <laughs> um, all right, now probably for the game of the week, uh, Dallas minus two and a half at Philly. Total is forty six and a half. James, what have you got? I'm going to take the Cowboys. I've liked them since the start of the year, and this should have been done. Weeks ago, this division should have been all sewed up. We shouldn't have even been here. Philly, and this is this is this is me being completely sort of trying to be rational, and sort of, I, I know Nick's emotional connection. But the reality is, Philly you know, losing to Miami, they had to scrap and claw against the Giants and Washington. They fill me with no confidence whatsoever. They're down to the seventh, eighth string. They're getting hot dog vendors to fill in a wide receiver at the moment. <laughs> Cowboys, yeah, they've been really frustrating. Um, but all of their losses have been actually really exceptional teams. And I know that's being strange, except for the Jets and the Bears. Yes, they lost to the Jets and the Bears. In both those games, they were statistically off the charts and were ruined by the, the, the man named uh, Jason Garrett. So, exactly, there's that clapping. So, really, this is this is one of those games that all rational thinking says Dallas sh- should win this, but the Cowboys have this amazing tendency to melt in the spotlight. And as we saw from the, the Eagles, they can step up in, in weird times, such as winning a Super Bowl. And yeah, so it's the Cowboys, but God, this should have been done. Should have been done weeks ago. Yeah, you're not wrong. This, this should have been over. This, this division race should have been over a month ago, but it isn't. And now there are question marks over Dak Prescott. I, I don't know how the Cowboys beat the Eagles defense with, uh, who, who's, who is he? Cooper Rush. <laughs> uh, we're, we're pretty good against the Rush. 
Eagles are pretty good against the rush, so uh, <laughs> terrible. Is, I like it as much as is Cooper Rush a made up character to be Dallas quarterback? Cooper Rush. Yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like he's just, they made him in that in that stadium. It sounds in one like, of those it's rooms. like Indiana Jones. Yeah, like, yeah, I was gonna say he sounds like a cowboy. Like, yeah, I'll, get, exactly. I'll get you, Cooper Rush. <laughs> Meanwhile, like Josh is. is Joked all year about whether Carson Wentz is any good, and, and I'm not Cooper Rush might be better than Carson Wentz. Who knows? <laughs> Look, he, he hasn't been perfect. I'm not going to yeah. say he's been perfect, but but he has kind of rediscovered that gene that that made him clutch. You know, in his in his MVP type season before he got injured, he was he was he was clutch, and he's a really good quarterback. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, he's led game tying and game winning drives in, in both games. Who are they playing, though, Nick? That's, uh, that's, that's, forget it. Yeah. Forget about it. Forget about it. Yeah. They're still alive. They're alive. That's true. They still alive. You know and, the clutch gene isn't real, right? You know that's not a real thing. But Nick I'm is pretty, allowed. Nick's, sure is. But Nick's allowed. Remember, when, this is Philly. Nick, you are allowed to be well, completely irrational. Just think about think <laughs> the greatest underdog story in, in Philadelphia history, and we've got to get that Rocky music cracking. But that's a work Again, of fiction. You, you know Rocky's not real either, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I've seen him running up and down those steps. Yeah. Those steps I mean, there's a statue. I mean, the Big, biggest, the exactly. biggest underdog story in Philadelphia history is Big Dick Nick. That's <laughs> and that's real. Every bit of it. That was magic. Every bit though. of that him was, that is was real. Magic. That's supernatural. That was magic. <laughs> um, look, this this game is a must win for the Eagles. Dallas win. See, <laughs> must. They're over. all must win. He's <laughs> over for Philly if Dallas win. Whereas even if Philly what? win. Yeah. Dallas can still win. What? Yeah. Win what? Division. What price for Eagles to win this game and then oh, lose to the Giants next week? Amazing. That would be the greatest thing I've that ever seen. That would be the biggest. Do you think? Do you think that would go down? With oh, no mate, the city would riot. It would be insane. I, well, I'm in for thing. that. I'm in for that. That's what Speaking I want. Speaking of Philly sports, I mean, just a quick side note, and, and Nick would notice today. So Philly blew a double-digit lead against Miami today and ended up going down by about 10 or something themselves. 14-zip at home heading to the game. The fans were booing them like crazy for oh. dropping their first game of the year at home. This is Philly sports, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. And that's, <laughs> and, hashtag special. And that's, and that's why I'm leaning Eagles plus three if it gets there. Yes. Um, but I like the under 46.5 more importantly. So while I think Dallas is the much better team this season, especially on quarterback play, even though, like, my knocks on Wentz all aside, though, Dak has been a lot better than Wentz all season long, a lot more consistent. But on paper, there isn't too much separating these two teams. Um, I think Philly, while they're not playing their absolute best football, they still have a great roster and a massive coaching advantage. And despite what's gone all wrong this season, they still miraculously have a chance to win this division. And you look at their roster, you look at the home field advantage, and you think they they can win this game? They can definitely win this game. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, Dallas, you know, going to have to lean on the run a lot, especially with with Dak Prescott's uh, uh, hyper hairline fracture on the index finger. Um, it's the first time he's been on the injury report, so that's something to monitor. Um, his routine's been ruined for the week, um, and Philly boasts quite a stout run defense. Key injuries at linebacker as well for Dallas. I think Zach Ertz and and Goddard could feast up the middle, creating havoc. We saw Tyler Higby go for, like, a massive amount of yards last week. Tyler Higby, like, come on. Career game. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think, yeah, I think the Eagles have a chance to win this game. Outright, I'll take the plus three if it ever gets out there on offer, but with the injury to Dak, it might probably not get there. Um, we'll wait and see on Sunday night whether the, the money comes for, for, for Dallas or not. Um, but, you know, five of the last six games between these two teams in Philly – have gone under 47 points with an average of 34.6 points per game. 
I can see this being a sort of a low-scoring affair. I think Philly's defense has been much better over the last six weeks. The, the game in Miami aside, um, I think in terms of weighted DVOA on defense, I think they're in the top top half of the league now. I think they're 13th or 14th in the league. So, um, Whereas Dallas have been treaded by like Jeff Driscoll, Mitch Trubisky, um, and, and players like that. So I definitely think Philly have a chance to win this game outright. Um, but I think the Eagles, if, if it gets a plus three, is the bet. 37-10 Dallas when they beat Philly about, what, six, seven weeks ago. Ancient and history, I, I, What's that? Ancient history. But yeah. I think Philly's roster was in a better state then as well. That's the thing. Oh, man. Greg Ward Jr. can catch better than Alshon Jeffrey. That's all I'll say. <laughs> um, and Nelson Aguilar. I, I, I get... I, I, James, I James, if you're in a burning building and you had a baby, would you throw, would you rather Greg Ward Jr. or Nelson Aguilar catch your baby? Zach Ertz. I'm, I'm targeting Zach Ertz every day of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Ward Jr., absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Man, trust Jr. with Jr., that's all I'll say. KC, minus 5.5 at Chicago. Total is 45. Um, yeah, I love the Chiefs here. Minus 5.5. I mean, the, the line was only 4.5 last week. Um, with Green Bay, and the Chiefs are a much better team than Green Bay. The Chiefs, I think, probably are the second best, potentially could be the second best team in the NFL with the 49ers having some injuries, and, you know, you get the Saints out of out of their dome, just in terms of everything that the KC can win in so many different ways and, and environments. You saw them in the snow and in the elements. The, the Chicago weather's not going to bother them at all. They're a solid defensive team. Um, you know, like they're, they're being slept on as in terms of their defense. They're playing really, really well. They've swept their last four games outright and against the spread. Um, they've, they've yielded fewer than 11 points per game during that streak on defense. And Mahomes just, yeah, as I said, seems impervious to the weather and, and all those ailments that kind of have injured him for the first half of the season. Chicago's pretty much kaput. Um, and their offense was horrendous last week against the Green Bay defense. That's very overrated. Whereas the Chiefs defense is very underrated. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus five and a half. Massive, massive spot for the Chiefs this week. I, I think you're you're 100 right. I think that that people are sleeping on the Chiefs. Uh, great on offense, great on defense this season. Slowly, just starting to kind of pull away from the rest of the pack uh, behind them on Stats Insiders NFL futures. You have got the the Ravens, the Saints, Pats, and the Niners ahead of the Chiefs. Uh, over the last month, I think the Chiefs have come from about 10th or 11th on, on that. Uh, on that table to, to sit sixth behind those, those other guys. Uh, sorry, fifth behind those other guys and just separating themselves from, from the rest of the pack. Uh, they are, they are quietly a very good football team again. And I think that they win this fairly easily. Chiefs minus five and a half easily. Yeah, Chiefs with minimal fuss for me as well. Um, limited attacking teams are a big part of a nutritional diet where the KC Chiefs are concerned. Uh, look no further than what they did last week against Denver and why they've beaten Denver nine times in a row. Um, also still in the hunt for that two-seat, as you guys spoke about. So they're right on the hills of Baltimore and New England. But, yeah, sort of it's it's the opposite of New England in terms of you uh, – well, it's similar as well. You, you've, got to, you've got to bring a good offense against to, – to topple these really good teams. And, and Chicago, seriously, it's it's really concerning what, what they do in attack. So Chiefs easily – all right, well, I think if we're all minus five and a half on the Chiefs, I think we should uh, just do the lock of the week right now, and uh, we're going to lock up the Chiefs minus five and a half. Ring the bell. That's good to me. <laughs> Chiefs minus five and a half is our lock of the week. Uh, all right, last game, potentially probably the other best game of the week here, Green Bay at Minnesota. Also, sorry, the Chiefs, if they if Buffalo do beat the Pats, 
um, and the Chiefs win out. The Chiefs get the two seed. So, you know, they'll be cheering on Buffalo. Um, I mean, I know the Pats have been great this season, but them losing to Buffalo wouldn't isn't surprising. So um, there's a lot to play for for the Chiefs. Anyway, Green Bay at Minnesota. Minnesota minus 5.5. The total is 45. I like Minnesota minus 5.5 here. Um, I just think they're a better team than when they played each other all that all that time ago back in week three. In their week three win over the Vikings, the Packers' defense allowed seven yards per play. That's 0.9 more yards allowed per play than the league's worst defenses have allowed this season. So how the hell did did the Green Bay Packers win 21-16? to 16? Kirk Cousins tossed two picks, lost a fumble, and so did Stephon Diggs lose a fumble as well. And so I think that kind of plays into it. I think... Kirk Cousins is so much safer with the ball now over the last six weeks than he was early on in that season. And then now the the, the Vikings have played such a tougher schedule. They're more battle-tested. They're, they're back at home where they've been really good at home. The Packers' strength of schedule over the past 10 games has been a little suspect in terms of quality of opponent. During that stretch, they faced eight teams with records at or below .500. And their two other games, there was a seven-point win over the Matt Moore Kansas City Chiefs and a 37-8 to hammering. Um, by the San Francisco 49ers. Kirk Cousins is 30, he's got a 33% win percentage straight up in prime time and, and 30% against the spread. That's horrendous, but, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers 54% straight up, 49% against the spread in prime time. A lot better, but I think, uh, you know, Kirk Cousins, if you could rewrite that narrative of him and this team heading into the playoffs, I think it's a, it's a win here at home and, and over the Packers. I just think the Vikings are, a, a better, well-rounded side, and I think they win this game. I agree they're the more well-rounded team with probably a better postseason status, but I'm happy to take the five-and-a-half points here with Green Bay, which is which is a lot. And the whole Delvin Cook thing, that, that is concerning me. This is, I was about to say it was the second year in a row he's broken down, but he broke down early last year, and I was just looking at his stats at the end of his Florida State career. His uh, last four games in uniform as a Seminole, 108 yards, 225 yards, 153 yards, and 145 yards, and about 10 touchdowns in those games as well. So he, he finished it off pretty well to become um, a second-round draft pick in the NFL. Um, but the, the problem is, if he isn't in there, it takes away that... that um, that play action threat that Cousins, that Cousins has and that Vikings offense can function off. He's got 1,221 yards operating out of play action, which is the second best mark in the league. And, um, I think the, so if the run isn't there, that's going to be a bonus for the Packers who, who we know are very vulnerable against them and they're 25th overall in DVOA. So I think that keeps that, the line alive for Green Bay in this game. But yeah, Minnesota are a better team and, but the Packers on the points for me. Minnesota at home is hard to go past mm. them, and the Vikings are just better. They're just better, and they're better at home. They're cooking at the moment. I'm not sure that the run game is going to suffer a whole lot with Cook out. I mean, Cook, he, Dalvin Cook's a sensational player, but the Vikings are very high on their backup running back, Alexander Madison. Mm. The, the fans have been calling for him to get more action. They want him more carries. He's a threat in the, in the passing game as well. So I don't think that, that they're going to need to change things too much with uh, with Dalvin Cook out because Madison's just going to slot in and do the same thing. Maybe not at, at 100% the same level, but you know I, I think that they can keep their, their game plan and their strategy intact enough that, that they're still going to be way too good. Uh, Packers, obviously, we know, we know that they're really good at home, but even in the last couple of weeks, they've only just scraped past the Bears and the Redskins at, at Lambeau. Uh, 
Minnesota at home, in, in Minnesota, it's just a different beast. And, and I'm not betting against the, the Vikings at home. Minnesota minus five and a half for me. Okay. Uh, Alexander Madison can also speak fluent Spanish. So um, a big bonus over Dalvin Cook, who probably cannot. So <laughs> just letting you know. Um, yeah, so another tip to the to the Vikings there. All right, let's go to best bets and long shots. And uh, Jane, so what's your best bets this week? Pats minus six and a half, Jets plus three, and Chiefs minus five and a half. And my long shot is a little bit off football, guys, but Gonzaga walk, run, don't walk. Snap up the twenty one bucks that's available out there for them to win the college basketball championship. That is crazy. All right. College basketball. Wow. Okay, cool. <laughs> James, thank you. I'll, I do. I just love saying Gonzaga, really. So um, I'm in. All right, my best bets this week. I'm taking Pittsburgh and the Jets under 37 and a half. Uh, I'm taking Arizona plus 10 against Seattle. And I'm taking Cincinnati plus one uh, or plus one and a half. Keep an eye out around that um, against the Miami Dolphins. My long shot, I touched on Kittle 100-plus yards before, but I'm going to take 10 Kittle 10-plus 10 receptions at $5.50 as well. I just think he's just going to be a, 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 a vortex of targets there um, in that game uh, for the 49ers against the Rams. So that's uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, Nick, what have you got for us? I love those Kittle bets. Um, I've got the Saints minus three, Miami at home minus one, uh, and KC, uh, our lock of the week, minus five and a half. Right. Long shot, I've gone with... Uh, Miami play again. I mentioned Devontae Parker earlier. Uh, 99 plus receiving yards at $2.50. Uh, I think that back door is going to be wide open uh, against Cincy. And again, another little play on a double, the Jets plus three and a half and uh, the unders in that game at $3.75. Ooh, I like it. The line and total double. I also like that we have a little head-to-head. Cincinnati and Miami, which is no help yeah. to the listeners. <laughs> but whatever, you, you decide. Fade or follow me or fade or follow Nick. Uh, we'll see how we go. <laughs> All right, and the Stats Insider Models, uh, best bets and long shot this week. What have we got? Uh, the model loves Arizona. The line is, as James said uh, earlier, yep. it's a 10% green play on Arizona. Uh, Miami-Cincinnati, it's kind of gone gone both ways. Under 46 6% green play. That, that might be the play for the audience. They that can't be, decide. Yeah, yeah. Fade or follow or just trust the model? Don't want to listen to Josh. Fair enough. Don't want to listen to Nick. Fair enough. Go with the model. Yep. Go the unders. Makes sense. Uh, and Tampa Bay plus three is a 6% orange play. And the long shot, unsurprisingly, is Tampa Bay at the money line. It's an 8% orange. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, I, I really yeah, dig that, I like actually, it like, in terms of long shot. I think that's a great play. That that eight percent takes them almost back to uh, to even money. Bookies on average have, have uh, Tampa Bay about forty percent to win that game head to head, whereas the, the models at about forty eight percent. So it's uh, evening up quite nicely for uh, for the Bucks. Yeah, definitely. Um, I forgot to touch on it as well. Like I I tipped up Buffalo money line. That's a good long shot as well. Three dollars forty hmm. um, against the Pats there. Um, if you shop around for that as well. Yeah, that's that's where we're at with uh, with the uh, model and stats insider. It's going to be interesting now, you know, heading into week 17, the model kind of shuts down a bit and then it will revamp, uh, obviously, for the playoffs. Yeah, well, I think just uh, as the year goes on, obviously the bookies get sharper and sharper and there's really, there's not a lot, whole lot of people or models that are sharper than the books uh, across the season. Uh, NFL in particular, as, as the season goes on, they just get super sharp. It's going to be interesting to see what happens next week with yep. you know players missing and and uh, a lot less to play for in, in a lot of cases. So um, yeah, often as as you get later in the season, that the plays get less and less, and uh, it's harder to find value. 
exactly some of those markets. But uh, it's worth keeping an eye on. Speaking of next week, we will be back next week for kind of a, like a, a real light show, just given the pure uh, meaningless of of a lot of those games. But we'll we'll talk in depth, obviously, about Seahawks. Um, 49ers game and, and bits like that. So it'll just be you and I. So it'll be a very short show next week, probably out on Friday, uh, Friday morning or Friday afternoon. We'll, we'll work that out. But, uh, yeah, it's business as usual. Uh, despite all the Christmas breaks, uh, that Nick and I are just going to take some time away from Christmas ham and family. Um, in, Power and, through. We're, yeah, we're going to take a break from in-laws and record a podcast about <laughs> football. We're, we're the real heroes here. That's right. Um, exactly. So, real heroes don't wear capes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one last thing. Live NFL coverage is on Stats Insider. So if you're betting live or just want to follow the likelihood of your you know, bet saluting, or there's no better place to follow the NFL than statsinsider.com.au. The live scores in-play match probabilities from kickoff of every single game. So just go to statsinsider.com.au slash live or statsinsider.com.au slash NFL. You can follow Stats Insider on Twitter at Stats Insider. You can follow us at Wooten Y. They can follow you as well, Nick. What's your handle? Yeah, at Nick Splitter. Pretty that's, easy. That's it. And I'm at JYNFL. Until next week, peace. Thank you.